Welcome to Formula One with Mike and Manch. Each week, we'll break down the hottest news in the sport of Formula One, dive into pre- and post-race conversation, and banter as we do best. In this episode of Formula One with Mike and Manch, we will talk about what to expect coming this weekend in the Australian Grand Prix, and let's just go ahead and get into it. Manch. Very good to, to see you, to hear your face. <laughs> Excuse me, to hear your voice, see your face. How you doing this week? I'm doing good. You a little under the weather this time, not me? Yeah, I know. I'm recovering from the flu, if anyone can hear. I'm, uh, I'm feeling a little bit under the weather, but, you know, when I get you on the screen in front of me, it always, always gives me a smile. I feel oh, 10% yeah. better already. There you go. We're going to be staying up late for this one, aren't we? Us Americans. Absolutely. I am very excited. Um, last year, I went to a, a bar that was open 24-7. Uh, by the end of the race, I was almost passed out, hurled over the bar, but I got to wake up to a McLaren 5.6, so it was it was yep. well worth it. Don't think we'll be seeing that this year, but we can always hope. We can always hope. I know. I know. So the Australian Grand Prix, it's going to be at 1 a.m. Eastern time in the United States. So for all you avid Brutal. fans, we will see you in the witching hours late at night. Oh, yeah. It's going to. Uh, it, I'm probably yeah. going to take a nap before. Yep. Yep. But anyhow, I'm I'm always excited for the Australian Grand Prix not only the race itself, but I feel like everything leading up to it is just so fun. Um, before we actually talk about the track, it's been so fun to be watching Red Bull release all of their new hosts and everything with Daniel Ricardo tearing up the, uh, the safaris of Australia. Seven. Yeah. What a guy it, just going in for the content. He knows the people of them. Yes. No, the people love him. He's creating good content, but it's so funny. Just like Red Bull's brand. Like they have Daniel Ricardo out there with motorcycles and planes and helicopters just flying all over. Like it's like a James Cameron movie out there on the, on the Red Bull Instagram. That's gotta be a dream job. He's, he's getting paid a lot of money just to do that. That's gotta he's be, gotta be having a ton of fun. I bet if he were to dream up a gap year, to not being a starting F1 driver, this is what he would have dreamed of. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. A absolutely. Uh, to talk a little bit about the Australian Grand Prix. So, you know, this isn't going to be too long of an episode. What we like to do is when there are some gaps in between races, we'll just give you a quick sneak peek into what to expect in the Australian Grand Prix. Talk a little bit about last year's race um, and also talk about any news that we've had in the last week. Um, just to give a, a fun fact, this is actually one of Australia's oldest races that they have to existence. Um, it is a, a 58 lap race. It is a, a bit of a faster one as well. Not nearly as fast as a Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, but speed will come into effect. Um, I believe there are two DRS zones at this race, but the last straight itself is a long one. So it's definitely going to be one of those races where speed is, is going to be a big factor. Yeah, we're definitely going to see the Red Bull pull away, Mercedes, Ferrari, Aston Martin pull away from those other teams. But Leclerc won last year. Perez came in second. Uh, Mercedes got the 3-4. So I think we're going to see those teams along with Fernando and possibly Stroll up there. Exactly. And, and like you said, like Ferrari came in first, Red Bull came in second. That was the order of the fastest cars on the grid last year with Mercedes falling up close behind. I think it's going to be similar results to what we saw in Saudi Arabia, except 
I, I know we weren't originally expecting Ferrari to fall behind the Mercedes. I'm not sure if that was, you know, an issue with them being on the hard tires, like whether it was strategy, but do you think we see Ferrari come ahead of the Mercedes in this race? What What do you expect? I Toto Wolf has been saying all this stuff about how they don't stand a chance, all this stuff about putting the car down and stuff like that. I think we see a leap from Mercedes. Actually, I think they're going to be, I think they're headed in the right direction. They probably got some upgrades coming here soon. You know, I just, I don't expect them to have that attitude going forward. I think they were kind of, kind of playing us a little bit, trying to get the pressure off of them, you know, because everyone's going to put pressure on Ferrari. Everyone wants to see that red car up front, but I think, I think Mercedes is trending upward right now. I agree. I definitely think they're trending upward and they're in the best position that they could possibly be in having sharing that, that spot with Aston Martin right now for second, like very impressive just with their car's performance. It's something yeah. I, I feel like I've been saying every year since they haven't been the fastest car, but that that's just because they they come with a lot of wisdom. So I, I think that they do know what they're getting into and know what they're doing. But at the same time, I think we're going to want to see a, a Ferrari team come, come back. I know Leclerc is probably upset with the consistent frustration that he gets put in in that seat. And I'm hoping that they're doing some serious conversing planning on the back end of that to to maybe rebound from a pretty upsetting saudi arabian grand prix yeah and this is a race last year that we saw verstappen and signs get dnf so i definitely expect them to want to come out and prove themselves on this race especially signs we haven't been seeing him do as well as he did last year so i think he'll have a chip on his shoulder this race definitely 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 i agree one thing that I think is interesting to to see as well are there are a couple cars that are unveiling some some new upgrades. Um, one specifically, the AlphaTauri I know is is releasing some new upgrades. We'll see this race. I know Yuki had vocalized having some frustration not being able to fight for the points. He's been out of the points by one spot the last two races, and you can't blame it on his driving. He, I think he's driven two great starts to the season. So I wonder if AlphaTauri is going to give him a car that could maybe push him into the 8, 9, 10 spot. Yeah, we've really seen him mature too also, you know, because he would get visibly frustrated and stuff the past couple of years. But I think yep. without his good buddy Pierre Gasly being there, he's had to step in more of a – leadership role because now he's the 100%. vet on that team and i think that's definitely affecting him in a positive way yeah no a hundred percent and then especially with this race too um devries he's never raced this track before so i know he's been putting a lot of time in the simulator really trying to hone in on this track you know, I hope he's putting in a ton of time because there are some tricky turns here. The chassis is going to be put to work that you're going to have to have a lot of front load on the cars to jump into some of these turns here. And if you're thrown into something unexpected, it could it could go pretty poorly for you. So I yeah. hope DeVries has done his homework and that he's going to be able to expect some things that are to come. So we'll see who knows, maybe they'll, he'll be one of the people we choose to be our, our, our DNF for the next race. But yep. um, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see what Alpha Tori can bring in their upgrades because they haven't looked that bad, but with just a little bit of a push, they could be fighting for that, that mid pack race there. 
Yeah. And I also, Alpine did pretty good last year on this race. You know, Fernando was actually one of the last cars, but that's because he had some technical issues, but Ocon has done typically good in this race. Two years ago, him and Norris were fighting for it. Last year, he came in seventh. Botas came in eighth. So I think we'll see Alpine have a good race. Alfa Romeo as well. Um, and then, you know, I, I just obviously think that Haas, you could always, they're going to be fighting for that last point, I think, too. You know? Yeah, no, sure. I, I definitely agree. Just to take a few steps back too to talk about the Alpine point you made. Their car's looking quick. They're looking good. You know, they had um the back-to-back finish for Ocon and Gasly last race. I think we're gonna see something similar here. If yeah. they can keep that consistency going, you know, they're gonna be in a in a pretty good spot to pick up that that fifth. Um, as as we've been talking about pretty consistently. So I'm excited to see them. I think their issue, not their issue, their one thing that they have to get around is they just have to make sure they're really consistent this year. They can't be yeah. making mistakes. I can I can see them going from anywhere in that seven to ten spot. They could jump up if there's a couple DNFs, but I don't really see them fighting with the top four guys, top four teams, excuse me, but I expect them to be up there in the points. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like it's going to be pure. It's going to be a, another speed battle here for sure. So I, I think it's, it's going to be one of those longer races as well, but I, I think we're going to probably expect to see a lot of similarity between this race and last race. One thing that I, I, I wanted to talk about was the fact that this is the Australian Grand Prix. There's typically a a homecoming a a a local man participating in the race it's it's usually been danny rick in the past this year it's oscar piastri are you excited or what do you expect to see i am i am excited to see him he gets to have his home race unfortunately the car isn't at its best so it's going to be a little difficult but you know i expect him to enjoy this moment really really soak it in but you know some of the veteran f1 guys like damian hill the 1996 world champion told him to be cautious, you know, because a lot of fans are going to be coming up to him. Um, the expectations can cause some pressure, you know, and McLaren's not the best team right now. Damian Hill said the first time he ever raced in his home race in Silverstone, he got, he got, you know, a little overexcited about it and it caused a lot of pressure on him. And then you kind of feel that when you're racing, you don't want to, you know, let the fans down and you just can't overthink all of that stuff when you're racing. Totally. Totally. I, I agree. That's great advice. And fun fact, I, you know, it's not like we were going to see it anyway, probably, but fun fact, no Australian has ever won their home race at, at, at the Melbourne Grand Prix. Oh, wow. I I mean, it's unlikely we're going to see it here, but it is a fun fact that I wanted to throw at you. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah. I think the only way we see that is if there's 19 DNFs, 19, 19 DNFs and maybe some rain. Yeah. <laughs> kind of yeah. on the slicks, anything can happen. But no, I think it's going to be exciting overall just to see his, you know, how he reacts to being at, at his home race. He has raced here a ton. I know he grew up pretty close to the Melbourne area. So it is going to be something that he's he's excited for as long as he can handle the, the pressure. Uh and we we don't expect anything crazy from the McLaren. I, I really hope 
we can get past the reliability issues that they've been having. That's what I want to see. Because we really haven't been able to see what the cars can can do because they've had issues in the first two races. Like, yes, the car is definitely not the fastest and was not where it was last year, but we also haven't seen it to its early potential that, you know, could could at least put them in that in that 10 spot grabbing a point or two. Yeah, we haven't seen them finish have we seen them finish a first lap without having the pit? Like it's kind of crazy. It's, it's mad crazy. It's mad crazy. The first race Piastri out early Norris with so many issues. Second race Piastri's wing flies off, gives Norris more issues. Like it's, it's a frustrating start to the season that, you know, there's not too many fingers to point to other than the, the fact that they were behind on their development and are still catching up. And then a little bit of of unluckiness thrown their way. So, you know, maybe they can have a little bit of luck come their way and we can see them qualify well, because I think qualifying is going to be a big factor as to where the finishing is going to be on this race. Yeah. Talking about reliability also. Towards the last race, the Red Bull had some issues, to be honest. So I know Verstappen actually qualified 15th because of reliability issues. He had to qualify a couple spots back. And then during the race, I know when Perez and Verstappen were one, two, they were both having some issues with their, their brake pedal. I wonder if, if that, you know, durability factor is going to play into effect at all. Like, will that damage the Red Bull moving forward? That'll be really interesting. Red Bull's got some of the best guys in the paddock. So I expect, them to go full on and kind of try and fix that problem but you never know like these cars are crazy difficult to understand and you know anything can happen when you're racing definitely um i think that's the only thing that they're fighting against is themselves because there's no other especially if you're fighting a teammate yes especially if you're fighting a teammate what what are your thoughts there i know we've talked behind the scenes too and you know, you've said they could throw <laughs> Perez to the curb if they wanted to, just because of how much of a, a, a golden child Verstappen is. But like, realistically, like, what's that relationship like? Is that going to affect anything or w- what would they do? I, I think it's really interesting. Like Max is always going to want to be, you know, have everything in play for him, you know, but Checo wants to fight for a world championship. That's why he came the Red Bull, you know. So there's there's a lot of comparisons, especially with the 2016 Mercedes car to this 2013 or 2023 Red Bull team. And in the sense that their only competition is their teammates, unless someone makes drastic upgrades. But it'll be interesting to see how Checo lets this year play out. Does he really want to go aggressive and kind of get in Max's head and and try and fight for that spot? Or is he content with being the second fiddle in Red Bull? I don't know. I'd love to see some fight because, you know, it is it is kind of weird just letting your teammate win every race. Not that he wants it to, but team orders. But I'd love to see some fight, especially up front, because then in that 2016 year with Lewis and Nico, we saw them crash a couple times, and it really swayed the constructors championship in the sense that other cars were getting uh up on the podium when they crashed into each other you know definitely definitely and and i think there's some conversation behind the scenes just making sure that they both understand at the end of the day they're fighting for red bull at the constructors championship 
yes, we both know you want to win that individual championship and that's fine. You know, at, at, at the end of the day though, you got to make sure that you keep that car safe and you don't push each other too hard to the point where it hinders the end result for Red Bull. So, right. Yeah. I, I think there is probably some conversation behind the scenes, especially with Verstappen. So curious to see if he could catch up to Perez last race. I don't know. It's getting a little bit odd. It's getting a little weird. I, they're already so clearly the best car on the grid to be upset about who finishes in the order of one, two is not something that they should be doing every race, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. And I think it's just going to get interesting throughout the year, more and more interesting. Yeah, no, it definitely will. Another thing to look into factor when talking about the one, two order are some of the, the betting odds for this weekend. So one advice that I would say is don't bet against Red Bull, not this season, or at least not yet. One thing that I think was a fun bet was for the one, two drivers to be Perez and Verstappen to finish in any order. That's minus 125. I think that's a great bet. As long as you don't get any incidents, I think they're a solid case for the one, two. And at 125, I think that's great odds. Verstappen is already the front runner at minus 280 to win. So don't really want to mess with that, but I think you could maybe tease Sergio at plus 400 as well. That could be, that could be fun. But I I think for the most part, like I said, it's going to come down to the qualifying. So I'd wait to see where we line up and see where the betting odds kind of come back. But betting aside, Mike, where do you think our drivers are going to stand for this race? What do you think we're going to see? I think it's going to be Red Bull up there. And then I think... I think Mercedes could push Aston Martin, but we haven't seen it yet. So on the betting side, I wouldn't really take that until we see it. Then I would start, you know, looking to bet on that. But I see, I see Fernando definitely trying to get that podium fighting up there with George Russell, Lewis Hamilton and Charles Leclerc for sure. Definitely. And and who do you think from that mid-pack might be pushing up a little bit more? I think we could see some fun stuff from the AlphaTauri if they're one of the earlier ones on the upgrade side. I'm looking at Ocon and Botas specifically because this is a race that they've done very well in in the past. True, true. I think, and they're both great drivers also. So we yeah. can definitely see some good stuff from Ocon and, and from Botas. And Botas needs to rebound from that uh, upsetting. Exactly kind of car failure that they had in this last race. Do you want to do our uh, five DNF guys? Absolutely. Absolutely. So do you want to provide some insight on, on what we're talking about here? So every race, me and man just have a little fun with it. We choose five drivers that we think are going to get DNFs. Not that we want them to crash or anything, but it just adds a little extra fun, a little friendly competition between us. Who gets some more who gets more drivers that aren't going to finish the race. So yep. do you want to start it off? There's yeah, no, I, I, I can start off. And and like you said, we're rooting for safety here. Who knows? Maybe they'll have technology issues or, you know, they'll need to retire for some. That's reason. a big part of it. Yes. But we just like to do this. It adds a little bit of spice to, to when we're watching the race, but for my five, I, you know, I always like to pick someone at, at the tippy top. I think, I think we're going to see a signs wipe out this race I think signs is, is going to be gone. Um, I think he's been fairly consistent with not doing that so far. And I think we're going to see something a little bit unique. 
I do think that the fact that DeVries is inexperienced on this track and that they're coming off of some upgrades, he might be a little bit faster, a little bit more reckless. I think we see a DeVries DNF this race as well. So I think that's something that we need to look forward to or not look forward to, but look at coming into this race. The the next three is going to be a tough one for me. I'm going to go with Nico Hulkenberg as one of my, one of my guys, Nico Hulkenberg does not have a good history racing at the Australian Grand Prix, a very large history of not even racing the Grand Prix due to not being able to finish uh, before the race even starts. And also just on the opening laps of these races. So I'm going to put Hulkenberg there as well. I'm also going to throw, I want to pick, I want to pick a Mercedes driver here. They've been pretty consistent. I'm going to go with George Russell on this one. I think George Russell is going to be one of the guys that we see wipe out. And then I'm also going to go with, it's a tough one. I think I'm going to go with, with, with Botas. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to pick Botas as my fifth. Okay. Okay. So those are my five. I've got, uh, Signs, DeVries, Hulkenberg, Russell, and Botas. All right. So I'm going to start mine off uh, with the homecoming kid. I think Piastri, it's going to get to his head a little bit. He's going to ah. try something around a corner that he shouldn't. And then he's going to, he's going to be waving his hand around. One yeah. Of the yeah. I think, I think that <laughs> could possibly play into effect a little pressure. He starts signing too many autographs. His hand gets a little sore, you know. Yeah. But then I'm predicting that Kevin Magnuson and Gasly get into a little crash there. You know, Gasly. Yeah, I think I think someone's gonna fishtail someone around like, a corner. That sounds like you did some time travel, and you're about to give possibly. Us a you never know. You never know. And then I also think fourth guy. I'll go Logan Sargent, and then uh, not not the U.S. man. Yeah, I Logan. think I think he'll just be in the back fighting, and then I think they could have some technical problems. Possibly, they've been having a lot of good luck for Williams. True. Too much good luck for me. And then I think Charles. I think that he's. I don't think he's going to finish the race. Ferrari's had a lot of problems. I think we're going to see a lot of pressure on Ferrari, and you know we're going to start saying. What is Charles going to do here? What is he going to do? So I think that's my top five right there. I, I honestly really like your top five there. I would be, I would, I will pay you some money if you get that prediction <laughs> right with who is it? Magnuson and uh, Pierre Gasly and Gasly. Wow. That would, that would think be, about it. Two aggressive drivers. Impressive. Yeah, no, I agree. That would be really impressive. And two drivers that could end up right next to each other on the start. So yep. not a bad prediction at all. Um, I do like to see that. And, and who knows, maybe the, the pressure comes to, to Logan Sargent in, in the down under. I would say, you know, Australia is probably one of the most similar to the United States in infrastructure and culture overall. So, you know, yeah. maybe he, he gets too comfortable down under and doesn't realize he's in a whole new hemisphere. <laughs> yep. Party's a little too hard. You never know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> excuse me. Definitely could be having a lot of fun for sure. 
but oh, yeah. I'm excited. This is going to be a late one. I, I advise you to drink a coffee pretty late at night. What is nice is you get to sleep in because there isn't a Grand Prix sun, Sunday morning. So if you need to take it out to noon to one to, to wake up, it's okay. None of us are going to be judging you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably be doing that. Yep. No, I will be again at the same bar that I was last year with my head down on the bar table with an alarm set so I can wake up to that final finish. Yeah, just drink some Red Bulls, you know? Yeah, get get some Red Bull in my system, some some RBVs. We'll be moving. Oh, yeah. Well, there's some insight. Like we said, pretty short and sweet. Just wanted to talk about some things about the Australian Grand Prix, some things we saw last year, what to expect coming in. Any closing remarks, Mike? Just follow us on Twitter, reply to anything, Formula One with Mike and Manch, and same thing goes for Instagram. Yep, we are doing a slight rebrand. You will see us now as Formula One with Mike and Manch, no longer the sports menu, Mike and Manch Talk F1. So just be on the lookout for any changes. We are still the same, and that will be us moving forward. Yep. Take care, guys. Awesome. Have a good one. We'll see you next week.